0: Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Uh, Please join me in welcoming our television and webcast viewers to today's program. My name is Jennifer Sloan. I'm president of the Canadian Club of Toronto, and we thank our viewing audience for being with us. The Canadian Club has a long history as the leading current affairs podium in Canada. Led by a volunteer board of directors, we are dedicated to encouraging open and accessible debate on issues that matter to Toronto, to our province of Ontario, and to our country. Through our youth and young leaders' programs, civic action, diversity partnerships, accessibility commitments, as well as through our media partnerships, And social media properties, we provide opportunities for Canadians around the world to engage with leading political, business, and public figures. Thank you for joining our conversation. Before I formally introduce our speaker, I'd like to tell you about some of our upcoming events this season. On Monday, May 11th, we will be joined by the leader of the Liberal Party of Canada, Justin Trudeau, who will discuss fairness and growth for the middle class. On May 20th, Canada's Minister of National Defence and Minister of Multiculturalism, the Honourable Jason Kenney, will be with us to talk about the armed forces and the security challenges facing our country. And on May 21st, with less than 65 days to go, join the Honourable David Peterson, Chairman of Toronto 2050, as he speaks to the lasting legacy of the Pan Am Parapan Games. For a full listing of the club's upcoming events, and to order tickets, please visit our website at canadianclub.org. You can also join the conversation via Twitter and Instagram, by following us at C-D-N-C-L-U-B-T-O, or by using that hashtag. And I'd like to express special thanks to today's event sponsors, Colleges Ontario and the Council of Ontario Universities. Thank you for joining us and for your generous support. Ladies and gentlemen, on your behalf, I'm pleased to introduce today's guest speaker. His boss has given him a very clear mandate. Help Ontario become the continent's leading jurisdiction for talent, skills, and training. The Honourable Reza Maridi, Minister of Training, Colleges, and Universities, and Minister for Research and Innovation, is addressing the mandate head-on A recent report on Canadian post-secondary performance shows that no province is failing to deliver, but all show room for improvement. The Higher Education Quality Council's analysis has described Ontario's system as efficient and productive while calling for a focus on quality. More Ontarians than ever are pursuing post-secondary education. According to the Provincial Budgets data, in 2013, 66% of Ontario adults had post-secondary credentials. That represents a 10% increase since 2002. And there are plans to push that number to 70% by 2020. Minister Moriti is driving the Ministry's strategies to get us there. His post-secondary credentials include a Ph.D. from Brunel University in England. He is an award-winning scientist, engineer, educator, business leader, and community activist who has been in provincial politics since 2007. A chartered engineer and chartered physicist, Minister Moridi has also enjoyed a distinguished career in academia. He was Dean of the School of Sciences, Chair of the Physics Department, Chief Librarian, and Member of the Senate at El Zara University in Tehran. Before becoming a provincial politician, Mr. Moridi served for 17 years at the Radiation Safety Institute of Canada as its Vice President and Chief Scientist. He was appointed Minister of Research and Innovation in 2013, and last June he added the training colleges and universities role to his ministerial portfolio. Minister Moridi, the Canadian Club of Toronto's podium, Canada's podium of record is now yours.
1: Well, thank you very much, Jennifer, for that kind and gracious introduction. Before I begin, I would like to acknowledge two of my colleagues who are in the audience MPP Han Dong and MPP Iwan Baker. Welcome to uh, the program. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and bonjour and shalom and salam and niha. I can keep going on. I was in South Korea, so I should say as well. (laughs) It's a true honor to be here today following the footsteps of historic figures like Amelia Earhart Putnam and the Right Honorable Prime Minister Lester B. Pearson and the Right Honorable Winston Churchill. I stand before you today to talk about Ontario's advantage Latude de Ontario. This is not simply an abstract or rhetorical notion, but a very tangible reference to what has and must continue to be our province's greatest asset, which is our people. Ontario is truly exceptional place. We are diverse and inclusive. We are compassionate, and we are kind. We are creative and innovative, and we understand the crucial importance of helping our fellow citizens, both young and old, access the training and education they need to enjoy good life and solidify Ontario's place as a leader in a brutally competitive global landscape. Investing in people's talent and skills forms the core of our government's identity. It's the first pillar of our economic plan for Ontario, and it is central to who I am. As a young boy growing with four brothers and a sister in northwestern Iran, my father instilled in us the importance of intellectual curiosity, not only the willingness to ask questions, but also the passionate desire to find answers. For me, it was never a question whether I should pursue an education. I was expected. When I was 17, I left my hometown, Urmia, to experience the excitement of Tehran firsthand. I can remember the butterflies, a 15-hour bus trip by myself, rumbling through the countryside of Iran in 1962. In one sense, I knew what was waiting for me, an intense entrance exam. But in so many ways, I was entering an unknown world. But I was driven by my passion for learning. Tehran afforded the promise of world-class educational opportunities in secondary schools, as well as at the post-secondary level at Tehran University. As a young man in high school, I began to feel the sense of curiosity and the purpose that my family had so often talked about. How I would ask myself and anyone who would listen, could we do things more effectively? How could we learn from other cities or countries or each other to improve our learning experience or even how our society? functions. I began to ask these questions more loudly at Tehran University, which was the life-shaping experience for me. I am sure many of you have felt the ambition and the passion of those around you during your time at university, college, or in another learning environment. I found my experience so incredibly energizing. Being on my own gave me the time to get involved in student advocacy, and like so many others, it was on university campus where I was first inspired to become politically active. It was also a great way to stay out of trouble. (laughs) An undercurrent of political tension has always existed in Iran, and the 1960s were certainly no exception. I loved working on behalf of my fellow students to try and make things better and to challenge the status quo. I worked in student organizations for a number of years and even had the honor of serving as president for a year. I approached that time as an opportunity to learn at every moment from everyone. That is still how I approach life, as an ongoing, never-ending learning experience. That's why, despite the fact that my father wanted me to become a diplomat, I always dreamed of becoming a professor. The reality was even better than what I had dreamed. I was able to collaborate with others to research and tackle big interesting issues from different angles. And I learned more from my students than I could ever teach them. These teams of collaboration, of unwavering curiosity, of expecting nothing but the best for the people we serve still guides me to this day. And they should guide us the work we do together, as leaders in post-secondary, labor, and the non-for-profit sector, to provide the best possible training and learning opportunities to Ontario's diverse workforce. It means never settling for good enough, and the challenging ourselves to ways to do better for the students and for the clients We have the honor of serving. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, it's all too easy uh, to get caught up in the business of everyday life. But the reality is that we are truly in the middle of a transformation period in the history of post-secondary education and skills training in our province of Ontario. Right now, we are seeing what it looks like for an entire sector to embrace the period we live in and to pull together to make Ontario a leader in 2015 and beyond. This progress is taking many forms. We are building on Ontario's advantage by making sure Ontarians are always of and they can access training that accurately reflects the needs of both provincial and the regional labor markets. We know, for example, that close to 1 in 5 new jobs in Ontario over this decade are expected to be in the skilled trades. I have toured at dozens of training centers and the colleges and seen the passion and the pride that our skilled trades people take in their work. And Ontario needs, their skills. That's why, after the many conversations and the visits I have had with leaders in the skills trade sector about the needs of their sector, I was so thrilled to join Premier Wynn last month to announce a major new investment in apprenticeship. Ontario's increasing funding to help colleges and training centers continue to offer high-quality in-school apprenticeship training. And as part of a renewed Youth Jobs strategy, our government is increasing funding to two other apprenticeship programs. This support will help colleges and training centers train more people and deliver relevant, high-quality apprenticeship programs by investing in equipment, space, and technologies. And it will help those considering a career in trades, particularly underrepresented groups, like at-risk youth, Aboriginal people, newcomers to Canada, or women, develop their skills and become ready to enter the apprenticeship program through in-class training sessions and the work placements. Through these substantial additional investments to training programs, equipment and facilities, we are making sure that apprentices have the support they need to continue building our province of Ontario up. We are building on Ontario's advantage by putting our people first when it comes to our literacy, basic skills and employment services programmes. Right now 21 employment and training programs and services are being delivered by seven different ministries. That is not how you deliver the best service to people who are looking for some help to get back on their feet. But that is changing quickly. We are working perishly to integrate those services and to create a one-window approach under the Employment Ontario umbrella. We are shifting to an employer-driven lens in all of our training programs to make sure we are preparing job seekers with the skills they need to fill available jobs in their region. Working with employers to provide more and better training to new and existing employees is crucial. We are building on Ontario's advantage by continuing to invest in a progressive student financial assistance program that provides the most support to those who need it the most. Students now benefit from a system where 70 cents of every financial assistance dollars comes in the form of non-repayable grants. And our 2015 budget, outlined further improvements we are making to student aids. In the upcoming school year, our 30% of tuition grant will help 238,000 students save even more, up to $1,780 towards the cost of a degree program. And moving forward, the assessment for OSAP will be much more transparent and fair to students. We are removing in-study income exemptions, simplifying student contributions, decoupling grants and loans, and the existing vehicles as assets in the OSAP assessment process. These actions will help empower our students and they make for a more predictable system. We are building on Ontario's advantage by making it easier for students to access a world-class post-secondary education, regardless of their background. Ladies and gentlemen, this year we celebrate 400 years of Francophone presence in our province of Ontario. Over the centuries, Franco-Ontarians have contributed enormously to the cultural, political, economic and the social life of our province. To ensure that the vitality and the strengths of the Francophone community for centuries more, we need to continue to invest in French language post-secondary education and training. And we need to acknowledge the importance of governance by and for the Francophone community. Aboriginal students also need to know that Uh, They have a place in our province's post-secondary education sector. And with that in mind, I am pleased to say that early this summer, I will be releasing a progress report on our Aboriginal education strategy and a plan that will outline our priorities, next steps, and continued investments. I will be convening a minister's advisory group to help inform this work moving forward. And I'm thrilled to say that we will be looking at creating a standalone policy on Aboriginal institutes operated by and for First Nations. This is the kind of action all Ontarians should be proud of. Thank you. We are building on Ontario's advantage by embracing the many ways that technology can increase student access to world-class programs. We have taken measures with the creation of Online Ontario to give students better flexibility than ever before to control how, when and where they learn. With high-quality online courses and the modules available to students in the next academic year, and the introduction of a new online portal this fall, this incredible work will only accelerate. And led by the great team at ONCAD, we are supporting student mobility by increasing credit transfer opportunities and introducing new tools to help students navigate the post secondary system. Having a credit transfer system that is mobile and flexible across our institutions provides students with access to the best learning opportunities available without additional costs or reputation in material and courses. In the past four years alone, we have more than quadrupled the number of pathways available to our students in more than 1,200. This has resulted in over 800,000 transfer opportunities for our students in Ontario. Let Let us keep up this great work. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a unique perspective from serving as both Minister of Research and Innovation, as well as Minister of Training, Colleges, and Universities. I know how critical hands-on experiential learning and entrepreneurial programs are. And this this has only accelerated since my time in school. Back in the early 70s, I benefited greatly from hands-on mentorship when researching memory devices that could help shrink telecommunication equipment the size of this room. While many things have changed since then, businesses crave this kind of experience even more. Our economy needs a culture of startups to drive creativity and competitiveness in this modern global economy. Ryerson's DMZ and Waterloo's Velocity Incubators are just two examples of the huge North American success story that already exists in the Startup Accelerators program on and off our campuses in our province. And I am pleased that 42 of 45 post-secondary campuses in Ontario now have entrepreneurial programs. These are giving students' skills, tools, advice, and support they need to start their own businesses and to create their own good jobs. Ladies and gentlemen, we are building on Ontario's advantage by working together to deliver and fund post-secondary programs in a smarter and a more strategic way. Many in this room will be very familiar with the more foundational changes we have undertaken over the, over the past couple of years through our differentiation framework and strategic mandate agreements. The province now has a greater stewardship role in building our post-secondary education system than ever before. I know this hasn't always been easy, but our post-secondary leaders have worked with me and with my predecessor to ensure this new direction will be successful. In many ways, differentiation exemplifies what we are trying to achieve in the post-secondary sector. It provides our institutions the opportunity to develop and promote their globally competitive strengths while ensuring we avoid, where appropriate, unnecessary duplications. Through differentiation, our institutions can better align their mandate with the priorities of our economy, our businesses, our students, and indeed, our Ontarians. Last August, we signed strategic mandate agreements with all 45 publicly funded colleges and universities to start putting this transformative policy into action. And just yesterday, We took a major step forward with the next phase of this transformational work with the first consultation session around the funding formula for our universities. For more than 50 years, government funding to universities has been based almost entirely on enrollment. We have enjoyed great success in that regard with higher enrollment growth over the past decade than at any time in Ontario's history. But it is time for a rethink. We have laid the foundation with the aforementioned frameworks, and we have appointed former Deputy Minister Sue Herbert to lead uh, this this transparent process. Now is the time for an open and honest conversation about how we can allocate taxpayers' dollars to our universities in the most strategic way possible. Our students deserve this. And I look forward to working with post-secondary sector, student groups, employers, and other key partners to determine the best way to improve the overall student experience, support the differentiation process, address financial sustainability, and increase accountability. A website has been set up as part of this consultation process, and I encourage feedback from as many people as possible. Affordability, access, innovation, and sustainability are all critical issues. But true transformation in Ontario has required leadership and collaboration on issues that extend far beyond the traditional confines of a classroom. Building on Ontario's advantage is about recognizing, confronting, and leading the way on issues that face and, in many ways, define modern-day society. Our post-secondary institutions do not operate in a vacuum. They are integral parts of their communities, not insular cities within a city, but a central piece of the overall tapestry. The lessons taught, the issues raised, and the actions taken at universities and colleges have a profound effect on society as a whole. Over the past few months, we were confronted with the jarring reality that sexual harassments and assaults have become far too prevalent and on and around our campuses in Ontario. The numbers highlight an unsettling reality that between 15 to 25 percent of college and university-age women will experience some form of sexual assault during their academic year. I am a father of a beautiful daughter, and the husband to a wonderful wife. And the thoughts of any violence impacting them is too much to bear. One life, one family, one community impacted by the lasting, damaging effects of sexual assault is one too many. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Despite the complexity of the challenge, I am optimistic that change is underway. We are fortunate in the province of Ontario to have a leader in Premier Wynne who recognizes the importance of this issue and who has been so deeply invested in a comprehensive solution. And there is a sense of shared conviction amongst our university and college leaders as well as the student groups who have been leading on this issue to work together to better ensure the future safety of our students. This is such a central part of our work in post-secondary education in our province of Ontario. If you are not doing everything in our power to keep our students, administrators, and the faculty safe, and if you aren't providing the support they need to enjoy good mental and physical health throughout their learning journey, then we will have failed. Ladies and gentlemen, so here we are on May 7th, 2015. We are in the midst of unprecedented transformation in the skills training and post-secondary landscape in Ontario. The work is complex and the far-reaching, but the underlying goal is simple. Together, we are building on Ontario's advantage by putting people first. I know how critical a strong educational system is to a democratic society, and I deeply appreciate how fortunate we all are to live in a country and a province whose vibrancy is based on free exchange of ideas and collective problem solving. I have experienced firsthand the highs of free discussion and advocacy, and the very low, dark, when those rights are ripped away. In Iran, universities were first place that came under attack during the Islamic Revolution. I felt this very deeply and very personally. After some time, I considered being purged as a professor as a badge of honor, but not before losing some of my colleagues to the devastation that was inflicted upon that society. I always be proud that here in Canada, we can freely have public conversation about what is working what is not, and what we can do about it. This is a point I'm sure we can all agree on, and even we don't agree on methods or results. So as we move forward, we need to continue to have open, transparent, and sometimes hard conversations. We need to maintain relationships and build new partnerships. We need to keep an eye on the past, but always be looking forward. And most of all, we need to remember why we are doing it for the people we serve, for students, our clients, and our future leaders. I know that we together are up for this effort. And so, let's open our minds to new ideas. Let's understand how far we have come, to act, but accept the reality that we need to do more to keep our place as a global leading economy. With the quality of life in meat worldwide, our ability to address our challenges will be crucial to building an Ontario economy and society that will be that we will be proud to pass on to the next generation. I want to thank everyone here today for coming and for contributing to this effort through the businesses that you build, the workers you train, and the students you teach. Together, our efforts will keep Ontario at the forefront of building a strong, competitive, innovative, educated and a skilled workforce. Together we will continue to build Ontario's advantage. A toute de l'Ontario. Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup. Thank you.
2: Good afternoon, Uh, my name is Adam Kahan, I'm a Vice President of the Canadian Club of Toronto and it's my honor and pleasure to thank you, Minister Moretti, for being with us today. Firstly, I want to thank you for sharing your personal inspiring story with us. Very personal, very memorable, very inspiring. And also I'd like to thank you for outlining clearly how your government plans to enhance the post-secondary education and skills training sector so that indeed, as you said, our province can continue to be the leaders in producing the best and brightest labor force in the world. Clearly, your extensive knowledge, background and experience are defining the new agendas of your dual ministries. And you did outline here today the importance of collaboration in advancing the quality agenda. Ontario's economy is interconnected to the post-secondary training, research and innovation system. Each indeed relies on the other for effective results. Your government's commitment to post-secondary education is showing positive dividends, of that we are sure, with more students taking advantage of the incentives and opportunities than ever before. Mr. Minister, we wish you and your government well as you continue to create the right environment for all of those who wish to pursue post-secondary education and skills training. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Adam, and thank you, Minister, for taking the time to be with us today. I'd also, once again, like to express our special thanks to today's event sponsors, Colleges Ontario and the Council of Ontario Universities, Linda and Bonnie. Thank you so much for your support. Much appreciated. Now, before I adjourn today's meeting, I'd like to draw your attention to the event survey cards on each of your table. The Canadian Club is always looking for ways to improve your experience, so if you would take the time to please let us know your thoughts and comments, we'd very much appreciate it. Your feedback is important. This concludes our program today, which will be broadcast on Rogers TV in the days to come. We are grateful to Rogers TV and 680 News for their continuing promotion of Canadian Club events. To learn more about the club, please visit us at www.canadianclub.org. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for today. Our meeting is now adjourned.